Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I've got a new beer, guys. You're joking, aren't you? Eh? You've got a new beer? Elliot's got a new beer. What's it like? Great. I got eight free beers from our friends at Beer 52 and an extra two for being a Borough Breakdown listener. I don't believe you. No, I'm serious. They're the world's largest craft beer club with beers from all over the world. You're joining the monthly club but can cancel at any time. All you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash borough to get your free case now with a four ninety five postage. What? So all you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash borough and get a free case and only pay for the packaging. Yeah, that's it, mate. Stay on the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Welcome back to the Boy Breakdown podcast, live on Red Army Radio and on the podcast apps. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm joining you with Dana and Elliot. And in the last week, Middlesbrough were brought back down to earth with back-to-back defeats in London. The defeat um, against Tottenham Hotspur, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, a lovely name for a stadium, by the way. Um, and then Middlesbrough lost on Friday night under the lights at Craven, a very decimated Craven Cottage with pretty much only two and a half stands are left there now. Um, with a rebuild getting there and, and a goal by Anthony Knockart, former Brighton forward, um, given... Well, Fulham a one nil win. Um, Dana, I'm going to start off with you. We're going to start with Fulham first before we move into Spurs. We're going to talk about transfers and you know and just whatever. And we might even talk about a TV in Burnley from 2006. <laughs> um, so one nil against Fulham. It wasn't the best of starts. Um, could it have been a lot worse? Oh yeah, it probably should have been. Um, I mean, to be honest, it should have been a cricket score. And in the end, we were lucky that it wasn't. But we firmly met our match against Fulham. Um, we just couldn't deal with them. We had absolutely no control over the game, particularly in the first 20, 25 minutes. It was a real struggle and, and I was thinking, hey, up, we're in for a hiding here. But <laughs> thankfully, come the end of the game, it, it wasn't so bad. But yeah, we just couldn't deal with the movement in behind, the intricate one-two passing and the movement off the ball, You know, the, the link up between the midfield and, and the attack. And we were playing wing-backs and I said to you, Johnny, during the game that you know, the wing-back system probably made us dig our own grave a bit because, you know, you've got the space in behind Spence and Coulson and, and Caviero and, and Knockout were, were exploiting that and it was a real struggle for, for the wing-backs uh, defensively in that game. But 
I think we've got to look at it and, and Fulham are, you know, they've been in the top five for the majority of the season. I think they're currently, are they, are they still third now with Brentford uh, drew against oh. Huddersfield? I know they're in the top four, Huddersfield, basically. Yeah. So, you know, we're, they've just got a, a much better team than us, much better squad, probably on par with West Brom, I'd say, is a, the, the best squad. So, you know, we battled to the end and um, I can't be too critical of them, to be honest. Well, Tony Khan has spent a hell of a lot of money at this football <laughs> club and, and Scott Parker is just a custodian of that team. Um, but L's after six minutes, the knockout goal, and just chance after chance after chance. I don't want to sound negative. After chance. After chance. After chance. <laughs> 55 minutes later, after chance. After ch- <laughs> um were you were you satisfied with like a one nil defeat in the end? Or do you think Middlesbrough they did go into the game towards the end of the first half and in the second half I thought we were a lot better? But do you think we could have got something out of it, or would you think one nil was were you satisfied with that? I think it was probably the the fair reflection. If we managed to get a point out of it, it'd be great for us. But I think um, I think Fulham deserved the win, and like you say, you probably should have had more than the one goal. Um, when you look at the sort of um, after match stats, uh, you know, seventeen attempts to eight. At, can't really remember Boring having eight to be honest, but um, yeah, I mean possession wise we were out outplayed again there, similar stats to the the Tottenham game which we'll come on to, sixty two to thirty eight. Um the pass success rate and this is where we sort of really fought, fell short really. Um and and I think one player who was giving the ball away a lot was Marvin Johnson. We had sixty eight percent pass accuracy and Fulham had 80. Yeah, we couldn't um, keep it in the first like no, 25 um, minutes, could we? We, yeah. we really couldn't. <coughs> we, we'd string maybe one or two, you know, two or three passes together and um, I'm, I don't mean to sink like one player there, but it was a, a lot of the time it had come out to Marvin Johnson's side and he just didn't look comfortable at all. He, he was the one that was trying to just pass it then into space for someone to run onto and then we just lose the ball ultimately um, instead of making the perhaps the more simple pass back. Um, we didn't get many sort of top performers um Sort of on, on any other stats really, apart from um, Colson had the most tackles. Um, Roberts had joint most dribbles, um, and Rudy had the second joint most shots. Did so, he? yeah, <laughs> apparently. I didn't. Um, even, honestly, I, I forgot that Rudy was playing. Unless they're just classic sort really. of you know headers that maybe yeah, were just sort I, of team I can't efforts. Remember um, him having any actual shots, headers, yeah, but yeah, one shot on be, target would be classing that. But um, yeah. It, I mean, it's one of those where when you look at it, even just at the stats, you can tell we were completely outplayed, so it should have been more than 1-0. But uh, like Dana said, we can't be too overly critical. I think we were... Um, it was always... I think we were blinded by the fact of, you know, our good form and we could probably go there and nick a draw. But, um, you know, three games in six days, playing against, you know, a team of Premier League players, essentially. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it was it was yeah. it was going to be always going to be a tough game. So um, to, really to come away without being hammered um, is is a positive. Yeah, I wasn't really expecting anything. I think we could have nicked a draw only because the championship is such a crazy league in that way. But I wasn't expecting anything. I think realistically, we weren't going to beat Fulham. Yeah, well, it, it shows how far we've came over the last few weeks with the the wins we've had and people saying, "Ah, oh, well, you know what we." People actually put money on us to win it, so I was like, "Well, <laughs> well, there must be optimism, optimism in the air." So it's, I don't know, but there's a few stats I seen on Sky Sports before the game, and Middlesbrough are actually twenty third yeah. <laughs> yeah. in possession in the league, and then I think it's there was pass accuracy was the other one, wasn't it? That more, was twenty second, yeah, but. and then with third for the like breakaway, attacks. breakaway. So yeah. it's so the cl- there's a clear identity there now, um, but there's not much difference from what Tony Pulis was doing last year, where we would just sit off and have really low possession and get teams on the counter attack. So it's 
appreciate this. Obviously, there has been changes now, but you know there is a lot of similarities from from both teams from last year and this year as well. I think we do have prob- genuine width now, though. Yeah, yeah I think pace. that's I think that's the difference, isn't it? I think we have a bit more fluidity going forward um, when we are counterattacking. I think under under Tony Pulis because we didn't have any width or, or pace, it was quite a laboured approach to to attacking. Whereas I think now especially in last couple of weeks, I think we're quite exciting going forward at, at, at times. And I think that balance, like we've been saying with the wing-backs, um, is making it, you know, harder for teams to, to nullify our threat because at the beginning of the season, there was just one where we were going, it was get it out wide to, to Paddy McNair on the right-hand side and try and whip it across. And, and that was the only threat we had. But um, yeah, it's not different. there's so many different ways to win a football match. It's just based on opinion, opinions, isn't it? So like I'm assuming... You probably prefer more of like a counter-attackive style, is that right? Or he's more, I'm more possession folks. I like to have the ball for like 60, 65, 70% possession. Just try and like be patient with the football. And a little bit like Fulham played. It's like that's how I set up my teams as well. So I, I don't I don't think I'd be averse to any sort of um, style or formation that we play. I think it just kind of knowing which way you have to play based on the situation of players that you've got um, oh, yeah, and the quality yeah. of players that you got. I mean, I'd, I'd love us to have a four-two-three-one and play Karankaresque football, but at the moment, it, it probably wouldn't work with the squad we've got. So, I'd, well, we did play think, against um, West Brom, didn't we? I think what Woodgate's yeah, doing is he's yeah. matching the opposition or, or trying to counter the opposition, which I think is is a part of our identity at the moment. We're, we're trying to, you know, play. He said he wanted to play four at the back against Fulham, didn't he? But yeah. obviously, there's one recognised centre back, and he said it just didn't. It wouldn't have worked. And I personally didn't think it would have worked anyway. I think, um, you know, Colson and, and Spence were, were getting caught an awful lot anyway. So having them back as a back four would have been, I think, disastrous. But um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you do have Nathan Wood on the bench, but like we said on the last podcast, like we just don't think he's he's ready yet really we've got a couple of questions about Nathan Wood as well um, but it's like pretty much on the bit on the on the lines of that really so I just don't think Nathan Wood is ready and needs to go out on loan um, but there's back to back games our Middlesbrough started slow um, they were 2-0 down within the first what 10-15 minutes against Spurs it was uh, 2 minutes wasn't it oh, oh yeah the, the first goal was 2 minutes yeah sorry Right, correct me. <laughs> no, I was. <laughs> no, don't, don't, bang, don't bang my head off. Ignore me. Uh, um, <laughs> I, what I was going to say um, was there is slow starts. Um, before I come into Tommy Mahayas, or Tommy Palmer Mahayas, um, in a sec, um, is it just a case of mental fatigue or fatigue just after the Christmas? Uh, Christmas games because we have played a lot of football matches in in that time. We missed a lot in the podcast, and we were like, "Ah, oh, well, you know, we'll lose them anyway." So came, we came back at a great time, haven't we? we? Yeah, we've came back, <laughs> right? And then we've came back with two back to back defeats. So it's like normality has been restored to the galaxy, I think. Yeah. Um, but is it showing a, a side of mental fatigue? Too many games in too many days. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the derby game for me, the reason why we didn't see how that game is is tiredness towards the end, um, and then the the Spurs game. We. <laughs> We haven't started well in the last the last two, and I mean, you, this is a young squad, isn't it? A makeshift defence. We've got two centre centre midfielders playing centre half. We've got two academy graduates that, you know, before this season hadn't played the game for Borough. So it it is definitely um, the games are catching up to Borough, and I think that it's definitely um, you know a factor to as to why we've fallen off a little bit. You know, we haven't recorded a win in the last three games, but. 
you know, it's bound to happen, really. And I, I really, in a way, hope that that Spurs game was settled at the Riverside. I know, of course, people went to Tom Hotspur, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It's another one to tick off the list. And, you know, a great stadium by the pitches and, and videos and whatnot. But um, we just need a break now. I don't know when the next in, in, oh, international break is. Um, I think the, between the, I think, is there not one between the Blackburn game and the Luton game? Or is it a away game in between? I feel like there's one in February and one sure. in March, but um, if it is, then it's not too far away. Yeah, even if it's not just a, an international break, even if it's a Saturday Saturday game instead of yeah. a Saturday Tuesday game, I think that is definitely needed because we have struggled a bit um, in terms of team. You know, the the squad's being pulled apart. We've we've had to play players in positions that we probably wouldn't have played them otherwise. So. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, there's there's definitely fatigue there. And the international break is on like the tw- from the 22nd of March all the way through to the 3rd yeah, of March. I so thought it was yeah. March. The next game, the the game we have is Hull away, and then we have a break, and then it's QPR at home in April. So we have quite a lot of games until then. But it's just that aspect of Middlesbrough need to strengthen. Uh, but with the f- fatigue in mind, I'm I'm not really. It's kind of shows that we'll get needs to strengthen and get more players through the door if we can. Um, it's because it's if we want to stay up, I think we will stay up. But I think if we've got to, you know, if we just want to finish mid table playoffs, I think for me it's better to reach. I don't think we'll get that. Um, but there's a few questions about playoffs and uh, towards the end. Um, but yeah, we just need players through the door. But speaking of Woodgate, um, presser on Friday, Betty, um, with Miss Caroline Barker. Uh, what did you think of that? By the way, was it? Do you think it was a good podcast from Woodgate, or do you think it was a bit of a? A bit of a dick move. A good, a good podcast. A good podcast. Did I say podcast? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you did. It was a good, good. Is Woody rivaling us now? Is he? Is, uh... It is. It is the Jonathan Woodgate podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he's well. not on live red. Ar- he's not on Red Army Radio. He's just on BBC T's. Right. Stephen Worse though, so it doesn't really matter. Don't listen to BBC T's. <laughs> come on, come on, Red Red Army Radio. Yeah, come on, Red Army Radio. That's where the fun happens. Um, good or bad interview. Because um, it's split, a few more fans are like ah top class from yeah. from Woody, and some people saying he's a bit of a dick, and it's yeah. it's one of it's one of them, isn't it? Um, yeah. I know I sit on the fence a lot, but I can see where both sides are coming from. You could look at it and say, you know, um, uh, about the Birmingham game earlier on in the season, where you know she kind of riled him up there, and um, she's asked a few questions like that throughout the season. Um, but then again, at the same time, does he? Yeah, do you have to maintain this certain level of um, grace and decorum, if you like? I, I, there's no, there's no set rules on. You've won, Jane. <laughs> Enjoy yeah. the money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I don't. There isn't a set rule. You, you're your own, your own personality, aren't you? When you're a manager, so if he wants to to do that, then I guess fair play to him. It's not, it's not the style that maybe you know any of us might go with. I know, I, you know, if I was a football manager, it wouldn't be. I wouldn't go with that style. I'd be quite, you know, he's he's been like it in a few interviews with her, but then she's giving it back in the same same token. So it's a fair mm. game, isn't it? Really. See, so I just felt as though he was trying to get one over Caroline Barker from yeah. the very moment that she asked that question. I mean, it was a question that us as fans can answer because I think we all know that Ashley Fletcher's played a lot of games. He's probably tired, um, but as a reporter, you can't assume. You have to get confirmation from the horse's mouth. So it's like. Did he need to, to to you know? All he should have done was answer the question. I just felt as though he he had no intention of doing so, and it did come across a little bit condescending. And I don't know whether I'm looking into it a little bit too deep, but it it did strike me as if he was trying to kind of gain 
power in the in yeah, the Yeah, he, he does. He does. I think he, he's that type of person anyway, isn't he? Where he tries to be a little bit intimidating. He's like he's he's a manager of Borough now. He's he's got that job. He's he's the big shot type. I of mean, thing, like, yeah, I think he's always been that type of person, even when he was a player. So um, yeah, I can understand like his his frostiness. Is it frostiness a word? But it is now. We'll so yeah. um, I can understand why he was like that way. Um, and the questions that Carlin Barker was asking, but Carlin Barker asked, asked those questions to him. Um, yeah, exactly. You have to try think, and dig for information. And I think with Woody, though, like, I don't know why he's trying to act like a bit of a big shot, to be honest, because he's done nothing in management. He hasn't won many games. He's got a worse win record than Gordon Strachan. So, like, stop walking around with, like, big Billy Big Bollocks over there. Like, just answer the question, man. Like, he did it in the Gazette. It's like what I showed I you on the chat. It. Like, <laughs> like yeah. he's, he's, done, he's done loads in football. Like, don't get wrong, like, he's. He's, he's. If I had that career in football, like I would be, I wouldn't be like cocky about it, but be like just like yeah, well I've done loads, but I just don't act like a dick. Um, <laughs> it just comes down to what type of person you are, isn't it? I think no matter, you know, there's some people where they could have um, had a legendary career, but they're always going to be humble, um, no matter what what they do. Um, but yeah, it's it, one of them. I, I don't think I don't think the they're going to have a serious falling out about it. And I think, you know, when it comes to <laughs> comes to the next game, I'm sure they'll be they'll be fine and just do the interviews normal it, again. Um, it's the fight everyone thought, like, we didn't want, but we've we've now got it. It's just a, maybe a fight at WrestleMania or something. <laughs> we'll get this <laughs> But the thing, the, the thing is, though, all she asked was, like, why wasn't Ashley Fletcher brought on earlier? And Bora fans were asking the same thing during the game, yeah. so... You know, it wasn't a stupid question. I know, and and the and Rudy was brutal as well. So like, yeah, you're kind of thinking, well. I mean, I listened back to the Birmingham interview, and we even discussed it on this podcast. That's a more audacious interview than yeah. the one against Fulham. So yeah, yeah. that's why I think he was just trying to get one over. Mm. He was under pressure. He was under pressure as well after that Birmingham game because what was it? One we went two or one or two. That games was when we were really down there. Right? That yeah. was that we was a shocking the, game, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. If it wasn't for those like four wins in a row, we'd be fucked essentially um so it's we'll beat that out what we'll beat, we, that, we'll out. beat that out yeah um <laughs> it's been throwing them uh all this podcast hasn't it it's just it's just like isn't it isn't it <laughs> new year's same johnny uh, uh, yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> i have to swear so many times before i come on the podcast to get out my system um but anyway let's forget about we'll get let's talk about tommy Mahayas. um he didn't have the best of the nights at the tottenham hotspur stadium did he um two minutes in you give the ball away and just all of the hard work and all of the preparation just gets lost in that moment. It was a, a night to forget for time in my house, wasn't it? Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, it was just undone straight away, and you could see it. It's like because they were sort of, you know, pressing it across that line as it was going along, and then I thought, no, don't, don't do it, don't do it, and then yeah, he did it. Um, it, it it's one of them. I think uh, we shot ourselves in the foot sort of early on. Um, it was always going to be difficult to get back in. Um, completely ruined. Uh, man and the lads bets um, we've basically seen a, a few requester bets on basically four players to get carded and they were like 450 500 to 1 we were like oh, it's only four players getting carded and I think one was Clayton I was like he's a, he's a walk and you're like, Standard, yeah. <laughs> there, was er- there was Eric Dyer I was <laughs> like right this this how was how are these odds this high and I can't the other two were uh, I think one might have been Johnny House and um the other one might have been Vertonghen or something like that, but um, yeah, I don't think there was a single yellow card in the game because um, uh, <laughs> once it was sort of two 0 there was no there was no bite in the game. It was just kind of Tottenham playing it around. Everyone, you know, you don't need to overexert yourselves. Um, so yeah, the stats again kind of um, 
stacked up in, in Tottenham's favour, um, as they did with Fulham, about the similar possession stats. It was 68% possession to Tottenham, um, whereas 62 for Fulham. Um, 16 attempts to Spurs, 12 to Borough, so you know, the majority kind of came in the second half when we were playing a lot better. Um, but yeah, overall, I think you know they probably deserved deserved the win. Um, they had real quality on the ball. The passing was crisp, um, clean. You know, again, the pass accuracy was was really poor for us, and um, I think that's where we've got to got to improve really. And I think there's certain players that when it gets to them, the the panicking if we're trying to keep hold of the ball, um, and if there's not a, a situation where it is a counter attack where we've just got the ball now we're on half and it's not that we we can sort of counter press straight away then we need to learn to kind of keep hold of the ball and, and play it around and, and then wait for an opening but we, we're giving it away too easy sometimes so um, yeah it's probably been the downfall of the last two games isn't it the, the, you know the fact that we haven't been able to control the game and to be honest we were never going to control it against Spurs anyway but we did shoot ourselves in the foot not just once but twice yeah yeah Johnny Housen was it, it's so un Johnny Housen like isn't it yeah um but I, Usually I Mr. Reliable, isn't he? But yeah, yeah. My, my line that I always say is 11 Johnny Housen's on the pitch and he'll win every week. And then when that happened, I was like, all right, maybe, maybe I'll not. take that statement back. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he wouldn't win this week. Another so. game there, though, that we we could have lost by a, a huge margin. And at half time, I was worried that that would happen. And thankfully, we didn't in the end. And to be fair, you know, when George Savile came on, he changed the game. And Jimmy, <laughs> <laughs> that that was incredible. <laughs> that was incredible. <gasps> That's uh, one for the Borough Banner era of this decade, isn't it? Oh, it truly is. It truly is. When we step on that thread together, it's just it's, it's, in the next ten years we need to remember that because I can't, I cannot forget it. <laughs> it was so funny. I was like, I, I rewatched it. I was like. I was like, what's he just said there? It's yeah. like, I rewinded it and it was just, I was like, oh no. I was like, oh no, George. I was like, oh no, George. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Dana, um, Dana predicted it. She's, um, you know, you're doing well with it. You, you did, you, Dana, as well. I think yeah. you should start criticising like, more players and saying what they need to add to the game. You've done it with Tav, you've done it with Savile. You're going to have to uh, have a five-course humble melee the way you're going. Oh, wait, you know, calm down. <laughs> Not yet. See, the only way I'd have a, five, a humble pint of five-course meal is if he wins the Ballon d'Or. <laughs> that's not gonna the happen <laughs> or Tav yeah no but I was happy for him to to get the goal uh, you know you were saying that's what he needs to, to add to his game and yeah look, look what you want to do another done. one please George he, ha- he has been good the last few games George Savile to be fair we've looked a lot better with him in the team when he's not been well, I mean he got the assist in the first game as well so you can he did you can probably say he's got a goal and assist against Spurs I know look at so. that eh? George Savile who would have thought it? Eh? I was I was looking actually before player. before uh, Friday night's game. He had four goal involvements in his last five games: three assists, one goal. That See. was before. What can you um, do? You know what I mean. Fulham. Can't do no more. Can't do no more. Um, ben Little made his debut. Um, well, what did you make of it? You know, I thought for me, <coughs> it was a. It was like he had nothing to lose really playing that game um, against Spurs, but I thought he was a bit. Just a bit, not not lost, but more or less of, I feel like it was uh, rabbit with a headlight a little bit. Yeah, it was a it was a struggle for him, but it was always going to be, wasn't it? Um, you know, you you're coming in and you're playing your first game in senior football, you know, against Tottenham. It's always going to be hard, but look at the positives, like you know, a young lad that's made his Middlesbrough debut at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium against Spurs. I mean, that is a fantastic achievement, and yeah, the performance wasn't good, but you know, you can't really expect much 
um, of him. And to be fair, it wasn't just Ben Little that struggled in that first half. The entire Borough team did, particularly the midfield. So um, I think he should be proud. You know, you could take a lot of positives out of that, the fact that he's he made his debut and, and you know, something to look back on and, and be incredibly proud of. No, but else do you think the same? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree with that. Um, I've, I've seen a few people kind of saying after oh, it was maybe the wrong call to put him in. I'm thinking, well, was well, a bold choice. It, it is, yeah, it. but it's kind of one of them. I think um, it, it's only going to be, it's only going to sort of grow experience-wise, isn't it? You know, whether it, he had a had a terrible terrible game, and say even if he did come on and made a, a huge mistake, um, you learn from it. So I think playing him in that game anyway, it's, it's going to be massive experience, isn't it? So. Yeah, he does need. He needs game time. He just needs. I think he needs to go out on loan. If we can bring in a couple of players and get him back out on loan or something, then that would do him wonders. Especially in in league football as well, League One, League Two, um, even maybe the National League as well. It just just build your just build your confidence up, but also gives you a different surrounding. You learn loads more when you're out there. Um, to it's be the same f- with Steve Walker as well, isn't it? Absolutely. He needs to go out on loan as well, and Nathan Wood. Yeah, they both. They, well, they all do. It's just sneak in match experience you don't want to be like a Phil Foden where like you, yes you are around unbelievable players and Phil Foden's been a wonderful talent but he needs games like he needs so many games he'll get better and better and better like do a Jaden Sancho go somewhere where you're uncomfortable and just develop and get better um, but following that game um, I think was it following the game where Middlesbrough announced the third signing of the January window um, goalkeeper Dejan Stojanovic um, from FC Gallen, um, the six foot five Austrian, but who's also plays for Macedonia, um, signed for a deal of just under a million pound um, to either give Ainsley pairs from competition or be that number one spot. Um, he's happy with Millsbury's um, business so far. Was it a, a good call to bring a keeper in straight away um, to give Ainsley pairs competition, or do you think he's gonna he's gonna take that number one spot from him? No, I think it's a good good choice because we need to protect Ainsley Pears. You know, he's a young goalkeeper. I think he's going to go through a really rough patch. And then, you know, we, we see it a lot with young goalkeepers. It happens and you need to take them out of the spotlight when that, when that does. So um, I don't know whether, you know, Stojanovic is going to be, a, you know, going to be eased into the number one role or whether Ainsley Pears is going to keep it for the time being. The latter will probably happen, but... Um, I think it's a really, really good uh, decision for Borough because I don't think you can rely on Thomas Mahias <laughs> you know, as, as a number two. We've oh. seen it many, many times. He's just not reliable. So yeah, the, I don't know anything about him, but you know, it's a, a, a good though. choice. I love Tommy Mayes. Well, like, yeah, even, he's, even he's though a, that mistake, it was like. Well, he gave us some great memories against uh, in the cups. He did great you know shot stopper, just kind of kick or punch or catch or pass. Or pass. Yeah, but apart from that, great. <laughs> At least he's got one strength there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like they got more strength than us on there. Who scored anyway? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I was um, I was really happy with it. It's one of them. We, you know, I don't think anyone probably would have seen it coming. No one really knows who he is. It's uh, nice to see us um, scouting somewhere other than England and Scotland. Though we've um, you know, we kind of uh, said we've been in talks as well before Randolph was confirmed. So uh, yeah, I think we needed a, a third keeper as well. Um, he's twenty six. So it's still relatively young for a goalkeeper, oh, but so, so still a couple more years' experience um, over Ainsley pairs. So I think that'll definitely help. Um, sort of played in a few countries as well, so kind of you know it's a bit more grows you up a bit more in, the, in that sense as well. From um, you know, like you said, he's um, so was he Austrian born, was he? And then but he, he played for Macedonia. both Austria and Macedonia at sort of youth level. Um, played in Italy, played in Switzerland. So um, yeah. 
you know. He said it's a dream to play in England as well, so point to prove. Yeah, I think I think what similarities were drawn is probably you know with with Dimi when he went to Hartlepool. It's like no one probably knew who Dimi was when he was signed from. Um, you know, this second division Spanish club and going to Hartlepool, it's kind of one of them. You just think, oh, well, we'll see how it goes and look how that turned out. He had a um, pretty good career in, in England. So, um, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. I don't think he should probably get the number one spot straight away. I think Ainsley Pears hasn't done an awful lot wrong. So, yeah. um, but like you say, if there's, if he do, is going through a rough patch, you, you've got someone else to fall back on other than just um, Tommy Mayas. And if you get an injury, uh, you, you know, you actually have another keeper mm. on the bench don't you so um six foot five as well so yeah we'll see um, he, he can just lay down in the goal and we'll be all right <laughs> and to be fair forever like forever like one nil down with five minutes to go we'll just do it like a david james and yeah. stuff and just stick him up front you know what i mean so when, when we need that so when we need that last goal to get in the playoffs on the final game of the season that's uh hill uh, with Brit. In Gestead. He'll go down Teesside for for that. We'll win more aerial duels than Gestead. Oh, <laughs> Probably, yeah. yeah. I mean, Gestead's performance against Fulham was pretty atrocious, to be fair. like From zero to hero, back to zero again. Yeah, it's like, uh, to be fair, like he was a bit he was a bit knackered where, like, because we were so deep. And when the ball came up to him, he had, like, nothing there with him. So, like, I kind of felt sorry for him on that front. But also, he's not doing himself any favours, getting more clubs, because you had a few chances in scuffed them but you know what you were saying Els that it's great nice to see Millsborough broadening the horizons and not being in just England and Scotland um, Germany as well Reese Oxford um, the former West Ham United graduate um, he's now playing for Augsburg um, and he wasn't in the squad at the weekend so no he hasn't he hasn't could featured, it be yeah, he hasn't could it be much. another signing would you be happy with Reese Oxford he was tipped to be the next Rio Ferdinand at one point English media. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think that's a, the case with any sort of um, young English player, especially. I think he made his debut at like sixteen, didn't he? As well. So um, I think you're always going to be tipped if you uh, if you've played at that age, uh, you know, in the Premier League and stuff. So yeah, I, I think I'd, I'd be relatively happy with it. I think it's one of he matches a sort of similar things as Lucas Nemetra and, and Patrick Roberts, where um, possibly I guess overhyped and and sort of the career hasn't hasn't hit a trajectory quite like Killian Mbappe's or Jaden Sancho's, but nonetheless, um, they're still they're still very young and they've they've got bags of potential still. Um he's only had eight appearances this season, only one ninety minute appearance. Um so probably makes sense for him to look to get some game time. So um you know, I guess when you know, if we were if we were targeting him before that we've probably looked around the similar time that we've been to um, Wolfsburg to look at Nemecha so um, yeah I'd be relatively happy with it um, like you say he was on loan there for one season and then he signed in the summer permanently didn't he for just shy of two mil so um, you know, he might still want to make a career over there but I think he needs game time and I think you know, I, know, I know he's originally from London but uh, you know could come back over to England and see family and, and whatever and, and so on and then go back fresh in the um in the summer well, so. another one with a point to prove as well isn't it yeah exactly because yeah. after yeah. the hype at West Ham his, his stock's kind of fallen a little bit and the same with Nemecha and, and Roberts as well Roberts really really um, highly thought of at Fulham Man City did incredibly well at Celtic and then went to Norwich and only played 21 minutes so you know we seem to be buying players with points to prove which is is really promising because yeah. they'll, hopefully they'll prove that point yeah that's what we were saying um you know, back before January 
started like who should we be going for and what types of deals we were saying loan deals we were saying players with point to prove you know we're, we're doing that so far so um it could be could be one of our best transfer windows yet oh, in, in, it, in the past couple of <laughs> years but that. it's it's going all right so far so yeah. Yeah, well, since i became head of recruitment you know what i mean it's just <laughs> unless we go out and sign like a pointless center midfielder who's like 30 on the final day for like three mil hashtag Gediora, then yeah then it'll it might be all right no no i yeah i, I pretty much agree with everything as long as we don't bring in a, an upgrade Gediora, then it should it should be all right and to be fair reese oxford his versatile, he can play in centre, centre midfield as well and be that holding position. Yeah. So you yeah. never know. We've been looking, crying out for that as well. So it could be a, a sign for us to, well, definitely look at. And I think he's got all the talent in the world, Reese Oxford. It's just more or less of getting game time and he's all right with points to prove. Um, Lucas Nemecher as well made his debut at Spurs. Well, his, his full debut, really. Um, what did you think about Lucas Nemecher? Um, I thought he was quite bright. Um, he did a few good things, but also he was chasing shadows as well. Mm. So it just looked like he needed game time, really. Yeah, he, he does look rusty. I've seen glimpses of promise. That run against Tottenham, for example... But he seems to get the ball stuck between his feet. And I think that's probably, he needs to catch up with the game a little bit. You know, lack of, of match fitness, potentially lack of games. Um, I hope that's just not a part of his, his play because that would be frustrating if we're on the counter-attack and then he can't get it um, under his spell. But um, probably too early to judge in a match, but um, I don't I, I wasn't really expecting much from him anyway. So anything from this point onwards would probably be uh, um, impressive to me. Um, but definitely a, a player with surface level promise there he just needs to get more more games under his belt and then we'll probably see more of him yeah, else would you agree yeah i'd probably agree with that say so there wasn't um a lot that we've seen um in the spurs game he had that one sort of chance uh where he turned it in the box and i, I thought you know he, he's done it yeah i thought he's gonna bury it um but Same. yeah other than that there wasn't wasn't an awful lot so probably too early to judge Good. Um, also, Ben Gibson, I've seen you reported this morning, Dana, on everything MFC. Um, ben Gibson is linked um, to Middlesbrough once more, uh, but Dale Fry is going the other way for £10 million. Um, one, would you take Ben Gibson back? And two, would you sell Dale Fry for £10 million? Yes and no, but I went back and forth on Ben Gibson last week because it was his injury problems that kind of put me off a little bit. If Ben Gibson can guarantee fitness and availability, you know, for the rest of the season, then a hundred percent. But his injury issues of late have put me off a little bit. Have, have made me go go cool on him a little bit. But if we're going to bring in Ben Gibson, I wouldn't get rid of Fry because then we're basically, you know, we're in the the same position yeah. that we're in now. Yeah. Um, so no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. I think. You know, they they seem to be hot on on his tail, Dale Fry, because they were after him for eight million pounds last summer or in the summer, sorry. Um, and now they're coming back with another bid. I, I don't know. I, I I wouldn't get rid of Fry. I know he's he's struggled a little bit this season, particularly in the past few games, but I won't get rid of him. Ten million's a lot of money. I think it, it is. It is. <coughs> yeah, but yeah, I think the touted fee would probably um, hurt the ears of the club. Uh, I think it's one of them. I think we probably would accept that um but personally i wouldn't i think again you, you're going to be in the same situation you just it's one for one isn't it and like you say um if ben gibson's is only a loan deal would just worse off then again in the summer yeah. um so i know you've got the 10 million then but it, it's kind of you know finding i'm not saying he's been overly reliable he hasn't had a he hasn't had a, a brilliant season but it's one of them he's he's um 
he's young, so he's, he's he's obviously got that market value, but he can grow into a better player. And I think if is he got if he goes to Burnley, is he only going to suffer the same fate? Not injuries, but the, you know, game time. He's not going to go there and be immediately first choice. So, um, and Burnley aren't doing too well themselves anyway. So it's it's kind of all right. You're going up the Premier League. You might be sitting on the bench every week, and when you do get a chance, you might get battered. 4 0 yep. by United or something. It's kind of like, is is that much better of mm. a career at this uh, a career change at, at this point? So yeah, from what I've seen from Burnley as well, they're very very consistent with the starting eleven as well. So it's, yeah, exactly. It's it could be very very difficult to even break into the team uh, like you were mentioning there. And it also you might have Ben Gibson in his ear as well and just say like, look, don't bother. Like if you're not going to get in, like <laughs> there's, there's, you're just going to sit on the bench and you're still so young. I think so I like, think if, if if Ben Gibson was to come back. Um, on loan, and I think it would be good to have each like working with each other again anyway. Instead of them swapping places, it'd be good to have them working together again anyway. Ben Gibson kind of build his fitness, sort of come back to the borough for a bit, you know, see family and friends, go back um, with a you know full pre season ahead of him without injuries, you know, fingers crossed for him, and then um, you know help Dale Fry in the process of, of all the things he's learnt from um, playing sort of under Sean Dyche and under Karanka and being a first team regular for a couple of years so yeah I mm. think that'd be the beneficial way to go I wouldn't I wouldn't sell Dale Fry but Middlesbrough's a business though you exactly know, t- yeah, it's 10, so million I mean, 10 million pounds. for someone you've, no. you've only you've brought through the academy is um, it'll pay the ease mm. up but. but then again we have just sold Darren Randolph and got him off the wage bill so yeah, yeah. I think w- yeah. with his wages um, you can you have the like you can work with the funds now for the likes of Jed Spence the likes of uh, Johnny House and Danny Ayala potentially and um, you can pretty much breathe a little bit more and give them a bit more than what you're originally going to give them um, but in terms that's what of, I hope to see next absolutely I think Judge Spence is the main one um, House and two and call me crazy I wouldn't be that fussed if we lost Ayala in, in the summer um, I think it's just yes he's been great but also it's like the if we're gonna you if we can't afford him then there's no point. I don't really care if you can't. If we if he loves the area and just wants more cash, then if we can't afford it. Then see you later. But um, it's that's a bit of an unpopular opinion. The way he's no, I'd, at I'd, me. No, I'd keep. Um, I'd, I'd keep Ayala. Like I mentioned before, like I've been a little bit on the fence in regards to Ayala, but I would keep him. I think he's he's definitely he's he's the only real leader along with Johnny Howson in the team mm, in the squad and probably Clinton oh, yeah. as well, but. You know, he's a top centre-half on his day and, yeah, he does give you nightmares a little bit when he's on the ball, but I think he's he's key to Middlesbrough and, and he has a young family in this area and I think he genuinely likes it here. So I'd like to hope that if he is on big wages that he would he would take I think if it comes down to the wage things again and we're still looking to get people off the books and number one that you'd be looking to get rid of would be Gestead. It's it's not Ayala yeah. and Housen. Um, they're quite critical to the team. If you lose Gestead, we've still got three strikers anyway and we're only really playing with one most of the time um so uh, yeah i mean yeah it's one of, it's one of them I, I wouldn't lose ayala i think if you if we're still needing to to pull back in areas and and um you know get people off a certain wage bill gusted will be on there sign him, sign him in the premier league so um and the only other ones after that i don't think there'll be many others that are on probably brit but then I yeah, feel like great. we're. I feel like we're going to keep all the great anyway. friend sign new deals in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was deserved, really, that they sign new deals. Um, but the point, yeah, if if we're smart, you put clauses in those contracts to say, if we get relegated, you go down to X wage. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it would it would make sense as um, a business perspective anyway. 
Um, but also with the final thing about Dale Fry, we've got offered ten million. If you've got players ready to go and to bring in, then I would sell Dale Fry for ten million pounds. There's there's just business alone. I think it's great business, but also we've got the money there to reinvest in the squad and bring maybe three, four more players in and beef the squad up, you know what I mean? So yeah, call me crazy, but that's what I would do if if I was Sir Steve. Um but Jonathan Prince sent us a question saying, uh, what's more important to strengthen right back, centre back or like any other positions? So is there any more that you'd you want to strengthen in any more positions? Jed Spence, it's a bit light on him at the minute of right back, but Dick Steele's not going to be back for another couple of months. So would you bring in a temporary right back to help Jed Spence out, but also yeah, more centre backs, another centre mid? I think at the moment right back is is the priority because uh, Friend and Shotton are going to play in the under-23s I think this uh, next week so they're nearing uh, fitness again so with them two in it kind of takes the pressure off uh, the the centre-back positions and like I mentioned in the last podcast I think the two wing-backs are essential to, to Borough going forward so Jed Spence deserves a rest you know, deserves rotation and, you know, it's really hard on, on Coulson and, and Spence, but particularly Spence because Coulson has Marvin Johnson. So if, if Coulson's out of the team, then Marvin Johnson could come in. But Spence, there's there's literally nobody. The the only other players that can play right back or right wing back are Housen and McNair. You can't pull them out as centre-back at the moment. So it's like, you know, what do you do there if you want to rotate Spence? I think that, for me, should be a, a the priority, in my opinion. Um, but not somebody to to take Jed Spence out of the team because he deserves to stay uh, in the team for the time being and, and be that that first choice right wing back. Um, but just somebody a, a lone player that can you know fill in if if rotation beds in. Um, that that for me is a priority. Yeah. Right back. Uh, else, any positions or right? Do you agree with right back? <laughs> yeah, probably right back. Um, I would have normally said centre back, but I think Dana kind of won me over there. And like you say, we we do actually have the numbers at centre back. It's just the fact that they're all injured. Um, you know, there is shot on. Friend and Ayala, um, who are all out, and if they're back, um, it kind of, you know, it kind of lightens the load. Um, so yeah, probably right back, because like you said, House and McNair can play there, but they're a different type of player to Spence. So I think, um, you know, potentially another loan deal for a, a, a young lad who's got a point to prove. I can't think of names off the top of my head, but someone you know who's like that and we need well, we mentioned James Justin and Jack Stacey last week yeah, sorry, they, yeah. could, they could be yeah. potential ones because I, I did look at it because you asked me whether he was a left back or right back James Justin is a right back but played left back for Luton right okay when they went up mm. yeah interesting speaking of left backs Mark Bowler um, his comments earlier this week saying about why he wants to come back next year and really smash pre-season do you think that's exactly what you want to hear. Um, I think Mark Bowler has all the tools to be a really good left back. It's just he's found it very, very difficult um, since he's came to the club. So, do you think he c- he can come back and become a much, much better player and compete with Hayden Coulson for left back next year? I mean, I think I even said it last week that left wing back is probably his position um, as opposed to left back. It was really stifled earlier on in the season with Fletcher being in front of him and, and coming inside, so he had no license to go forward. He's got the pace. Um, he's just at the moment League One standard, and and there's room to grow because obviously he's, he's a young player, but he definitely has all the the hallmarks to be a, a good player. And and now we finally know what his contract is, or at least we have an idea. It's it's more than a year, so it's not up uh, in the summer, which is some clarity finally on that. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I've I've felt sorry for both Dyke Steel and Bowler to be honest. Yeah, they haven't been good enough, but these are players coming from League One, so I suppose in hindsight we shouldn't have really expected much for, from them. And do you still think Dyke Steel could be a, a holding midfield player, Johnny? Because I think you mentioned it uh, in Preston, and I've thought it for quite a while mm. that he's he's probably best suited to be a holding midfield player. Yeah, I do. Um, and he was originally a centre mid at Charlton before he yeah, got he pushed into right back. Um, I think he's got the stats and the physique far more of a defensive midfielder role. I think he has the ability to do it. Um, it's just more or less of can you get back in the team? It's um, it's it's very difficult for him at the minute. I think even when he comes back and when he's fully fit, you've got Jed Spence playing out with his skin in that position. You've also got um, Wing Savile and Clayton who are in more a defensive line and, and they're playing relatively well at the minute. They're, they seem to be all in form. So it's, it's going to be difficult for him to get back in the team. Um, but in terms of centre defensive mid, I think it would suit him more. Um, he doesn't get exposed as much, and also he has the pace there. And I think he has a good, he has a good he's got, tackling he's got, ability he's got, as well. He's got, to, he's got the physique to, for it as well as need to. Mm. He's got um, good vision as well. Yeah. yeah. So he has. There's there. It's just more or less of can you get back in the team, but that's that's on the player and that's on the attitude as well of, of him. And I think with Middlesbrough's team now, it's it's mainly all about attitude. Um, I can't believe how young the squad is really. When I'm thinking. Oh, I'm 24 and I feel like I'm like Jesus Christ there's some players who are like 18, 19, 20 and I'm slating them and I'm just like I can't really talk to be fair because like they are so so young um, and there's a lot of pressure on them to come through but when you're at that stage in, in, in your career it's pretty much more about your attitude it's attitude for everything if you come in and try and give it big licks then it's you're not going to do much you're going to be showing the door very very quickly um, so it's going to be see how he comes back um, from his injury, but I, I think I think all three of them, them, them three that we signed, I think they're more for for next season. Um, and I think we, you know, it's quite evident with all three of them. I know Dyke Steele picked up the injury, but I think even then, you, I don't think he'd be in the team now if he was fit. So I think with Brown, Baller, and Dyke Steele, I know Brown hasn't kind of made the, the same comments, and um, maybe don't feel feel the same way about him as they do Baller, but. Um, I think next season it'll be good to see, you know, what things are like in in pre-season and who goes and anyone else we do bring in. I think it's going to be a relatively young squad, but I think this year, and uh, it's like we've been saying, we, you know, if you've seen progression and we have from a number of players next year, you know, the key players are going to be completely different again next year as it was from the switch from Pulis to to now when we, you know, Ashley Fletcher and Paddy McNair and and everyone like players who weren't really getting a game at all. Um, you know, it, it, again, next season it, it could be completely different, and I think it's quite exciting because obviously some are from the academy, um, and you know, even if we manage to secure loan deals or um, permanent deals for players like Roberts, the Metcher, or other people who, who are not at the club now, but players like that, then you know, it could be an exciting team um, come next year. Uh, be good to have a, a solid base of players to go around, but like, like I say, we, we might still keep hold of. Um, the experienced players who then help those younger players develop and give you a, a good balance to the squad. So if we had Ayala, House, and um, Clayton, Friend, you know Britt as well, then um, I think it could board really well for us. Did you see that segment on Sky Sports? So it was Ainsley, Pears, Hinkleson, and, and Tav. I, saw, I was. It was on, but no. we, we I couldn't really hear it because we were watching it in the pub. But I seen them. They were doing. What were they doing? Like some quiz. Or it was some now. quiz, but they were talking to Jonathan Oakes about like obviously they've come through the academy together, and I, I highlighted that as a as a key point actually because we've got a few academy lads that have, have grown through the ranks together, and I think that they have that 
understanding of each other and I think that's a real big platform for Borough going forward. Because together already, yeah. yeah. You know, I think um, Ainsley Pears and Hilton Coulson, oh, they want to, I think it was the the Youth Premier League or something together and, um, you know, Tav's played with, with them as well. I, I don't know, I think Dilfry was like a year above or maybe two years above or something like that. Mm. Or they might, I think Coulson's 21, isn't he? Dilfry's 22. So I think they, they've played, you know, together. So... I think that's a, a real big highlight for for Borough and definitely a platform to to push going forward. Because you look at Sheffield United, you know they've played together for numerous you know years, and so they they understand each other. They know their their weaknesses and their strengths. So I think that's definitely you know something to aim towards. And, and that's a yeah, that's that a, it's a very good point. Yeah, um, and the other thing that you kind of um, made me realise with the Sheffield United, obviously they play with a five at the back um, system as well, um, but. It was because I was going to bring it up earlier, but when we were saying about um, sort of next year, you know, like when we were saying about Bola competing with um, with uh, Hayden Coulson, um, I think it's one of these where if if Woody's ideal formation that he wants to eventually do when he gets the players in is to go with that four three three, then I think certain players are not going to get in the team because, like you say, I don't think Bola would be suited to left back more or left wing back. So it could be the case that. Um, in the summer, we try and build around a formation that he he wants. And if he still wants to go, that different players are going to leave who we might not necessarily want to leave. Um, but if we you know, if we want to stick with the five at the back, then we've got the players suited to it now. We just need to fill in cover for certain positions and so on. And if one or two players leave, then um, replace them. So uh, yeah, I think it comes down to what we we want to play next season. I, I know we have been quite fluid with the formation reviews quite a lot. So, um, but I, I think what he'd be keen to. He started off this season with saying, "This is the way we're going to play." I imagine he might do it again, um, with the view to changing it if if the amount of injuries crop up. But I think we've been very unlucky with injuries, and I don't think you'd like to think next year you wouldn't get the similar level of of injuries because it's um, it's been quite crazy how many we've had. So. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, so we'll move on. We're going to chat um, Birmingham and Blackburn and do our predictions as well. Uh, Plep Pep. Clotet, um, plep, 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 plep. <laughs> uh, Pep, Clotet, uh, Birmingham City, who could be facing another points deduction, as well as Derby County, as well as Sheffield United, uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Um, so it's all happening in the it's all happening. Um, best league in the Leeds world. Leeds are bottling it. I know. West Brom are faltering. There's points deductions here, there, and everywhere. Hashtag things you love to see. It's like an episode of Coronation Street, this, isn't it? Um, but I'll leave the mic with you to and let you discuss what you've seen and what should we look out for? Um, yeah, so, I mean, with Birmingham, um, the 18th, one place um, below us in the table, one point as well, I believe. Um, quite mixed form recently. Uh, so they, they hadn't won in six in the league um, until they beat Luton last week. Um and that, that, strangely, the last two wins as well. So the, the beat Luton two one, and beat Blackburn in the cup two one, um, and both games uh, they had a player sent off, and, and still managed to win, which is a bit, a bit crazy. Um, drew with Cardiff, I believe, yesterday. Um, so, you know, form slightly improving from them. Um, uh, Lukas Djukovic is top scorer on nine, uh, ex Borough lad, and uh, yeah, I, I think. They're similar to us in the in the sense, and I don't know if they've had similar injury problems, but they've, they've trialed a lot of different formations as well. Um, so most recently they went with a four two three one, 
they've played four four two this season as well. So um, I don't know if it's down to injuries or suspensions and so on. But um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be I, at least I'd hope so because that other game was atrocious. That like I think it's going to be a different game to to back then. Um, I don't know how we actually scored in that game. Um, <laughs> we didn't we didn't deserve it at all. Uh, and it'd have been great if we came with a, with a point from it. But um, yeah, I'd like to think now that you know, especially against these teams in and around us, um, and the the how much better we've been playing of late, that we could we could beat Birmingham definitely. Yeah, they're so. they're the teams you want to be beating, isn't it? You know the the derby game we probably should have won that one wasn't really expecting anything from Fulham but then these back to back home games against you know Birmingham and, and Blackpool, uh, Blackpool, Black, Blackpool Blackpool Blackburn um uh, are really important but you know I had a, a little bit of a look into Birmingham they, they a lot of their fans want pep out you know they they're really struggling they've they started really slowly in the second half of the last three games I was reading the Birmingham mail and that was one of the main takeouts from the the Cardiff game, um, the, the last three games actually they've conceded within the 60th minute. The last one was Lee Tomlin, former Borough lad, um, scoring against them on Saturday. We're like um, a disease, aren't we? Former Borough lad everywhere, isn't it? I know, yeah. Yeah, Marcus Brown, when you're saying Marcus Brown scored in his uh, first game as well. But players move on and they just they score loads, don't they? We just have that effect. We just have that effect. We make great players, great defenders. It's and we're a graveyard for strikers as well. Graveyard. Well, look at Jason Rhodes, look at him now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jason. Um, but yeah, the, you mentioned Rhodes. the you mentioned their recent form. They're actually second bottom uh, of the form table, looting a bottom. Um, you also mentioned uh, Luka Djokovic. She's got three goals and one assist in his last five. Their top scorer on, on nine, like you mentioned. Uh, a couple of jinxy or potential jinxy stats. Uh, we've won ten of our last twelve home games against Birmingham. We've kept a clean sheet in our last four home matches against them. We're actually undefeated, and didn't realise this, but we're undefeated in our last seven um, at the Riverside. And going back to Birmingham themselves, only Luton, QPR and Barnsley, so two of the bottom uh, three, have conceded more goals than Birmingham this season. Yeah, yeah. when I was looking um, at the goal differences, even though the point below us, they have conceded an awful lot. I think so. they're 45, I think. Yeah, I think right, QPR yeah. are on something crazy like 51 they've mm. conceded. and then You'll have to see it, you really do. Uh, Barnes, they are struggling as well. I'm surprised you both didn't mention Jude Bellingham, a 16-year-old yeah, who was game, absolutely yep. flying. He's tipped to go to Manchester United as well. Um, he was born in 2003. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> same year as the TV. Same year as the TV was invented. <laughs> Jesus Christ, how many years ago was that? Um, he, he's a wonderful, wonderful footballer. He's going to be something good if he gets the right players around him and the right management. He's going to be one hell of a talent. Um, so I'd look out for him, but he could be on his way out. So it's if you're in his position, I would, I would go to United. They call me crazy. Really? Probably, yeah, I'd go. I'd, I would. Sacrifice I would, the game time. I would sack. No, I would sign for United and then go back on loan, back mm. to probably Birmingham at the end of the season, and then do what you need to do. But he's, if you've got Manchester United, you've got you're pretty much set for life, aren't you? Really. So um, Blackburn as well, and all we'll touch on it. Really, Tony Mowbray's team won five nil yesterday at Sheffield Wednesday. You love to see it against Gary Monk. Oh, you really do. I reckon Tony Mowbray went in and just give him a little big fist in the air, and then <laughs> he went and tried to shake. Gary Monk's hand and headbutted him as well. Like, That's what you do for my club, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm butter through and through. 
Uh, but no, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, and he just he broke Monkbot, which was great. So it's that's probably the one game where you're going to slip up. I think they are absolutely flying uh, at times. They're so inconsistent, but some, when they yeah, get going, the, the, the best thing about it was we started this new kind of um, accumulator thing at work. And basically, you, you pick a pick a team uh, each every week. You can't pick the same team that you've ever picked before, and if obviously yeah. if they lose, you you go out and and so on. If if your team wins, you through it in the next round. And I can't remember who it was, but the the pick the pick chef went, and I was like, <laughs> they couldn't be so far off. So they're out. Uh, I had Bristol City, which uh, oh, narrowly lucky. beat uh, Barnsley one 0 So I'm very so very lucky through there. <laughs> Barnsley had a goal disallowed as well. Did they? They oh, did. Yeah. Through there. So they were apparently the much better side according to Sky Sports, but. Mm. You know, what's your predictions for Birmingham and Blackburn? Birmingham at home's got 2 0 Borough written all over it, I think. Okay. Else for Birmingham? Sorry. Sorry. Um, yeah, uh, I'd probably go with about the same scoreline. Um, I'd like to think we, we could dominate them. It won't be a hard fought 1 0. You know, if we can. Um, I was quite surprised with the the Derby result. I know Derby are kind of down there as well, but I think they have a better team on paper than than Derby. So I think if we can score two there, I think we definitely can against Birmingham. Like you said, the second bottom in the form table, um, poor are conceding goals. So yeah, I'll, I'll go two 0 as well. Okay, sorry, Blackburn. It's alright. Um, Blackburn at home, one one. I think one one. Else, um, you know, I'll be positive. I'll go one nil. Um. It's still quite a while away as well. This black- I knew there was kind of a, a break at some point, but um, because obviously we're playing Tuesday now, because um, it's being pulled forward, it is kind of like a, a week and a half, isn't it, until the, the Blackburn game after, because it's the, the weekend after. So, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, with that kind of rest period in between um, for some of the players, uh, yeah, they, they are inconsistent Blackburn. I think they'll come and I think they'll cause us problems. Um, so it could be... It'll be quite a high-scoring game, but I'll go another win. Um, we're, we're turning slowly. Um, the home form is turning very well, like you said. Seven unbeaten um, in in the league, so yeah. Okay, go I'm going to go one-one draw against uh, Birmingham. Yeah, and then I'm going to say one-nil oh, Blackburn. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, there's I, I, the I, negative pessimist. Yeah, it's, he's it's, back. It's, he's it's, back. It's, it's swapped. I, I used to be quite negative with it. Now I, I could definitely see. Um, like you say, it, it, the Blackburn are one of these teams as well. Where I mean, I'm just looking where they are on the table now. They're eleventh, um, forty points, so six points ahead of us, um, five points off the playoffs. The they they can they can beat anyone on the day. They they, they do have Tony Mowbray has his set identity, and when it works, it it works well. Um, quite experienced players in the team. Um, we've got some young Downing. good yeah. They've got some good young lads coming through. Um, so. I could definitely see them causing us problems and beating us as well, but I'd like to think we've turned a, a bit of a corner overall, and obviously not past two games, but overall, um, and we can make our home form count really in our home. Did you count. did you see on Blackburn's Twitter they they put Stuart Downing could pick out a needle in a haystack, and then their player Elliot Bennett said <laughs> could hit a mosquito's nipple from sixty yards. <laughs> <laughs> what a line! <laughs> So Downing's enjoying himself at Blackburn then? You can say that. Yeah, say they've, they've got, what, five or six Exporter players? Yeah. Richard Smallwood, Downing. Um, Danny Graham. Danny, Danny Graham, Graham, Jason Lottweiler, Harry Chapman. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think that's about it. We'll, we'll forget about it. But there's two quick questions before we sign off. Uh, Josh Proctor asked, um, is playoffs still achievable? And also, uh, Robert Wade said, the feel around the club is starting to feel like I or Karanka's era, do you believe in this setup at the minute? So we'll start off with a playoff one first. Do you think playoffs this season? No, I've always maintained that we'll all be mid-table. I don't think playoffs are achievable. I think I think it might get mathematically teasable, if that's a word. Um, I think we might get close enough from where people might be like, oh, you know, if we, if we beat these and these and these and, and someone else loses, we might get it. But I think I think realistically... If we went um, on seven games in hand... We'll yeah, no, it. but I, I mean, it's like this. If we beat... I know I'm kind of saying what I said and what other people are going to say now, but if we if we actually did beat Birmingham Blackburn, um, we might say be like four or five points off and then people start... It starts getting, you know... Um, People kind of believe that that we're going to, but I think um, there's going to be games against teams higher up in the league and and away games where we're going to struggle. So, um, yeah, I think I think where we are now, we've definitely improved on on where we were. We shouldn't have been in the relegation zone. Um, you know, we uh, what we what we want really is to see good football um, and a, a sort of progression from from all the other players. So I don't think it's achievable. I think mid table. Yeah. I'm mid-table as well I don't think I don't even want to go at the playoffs to be honest because I think we get annihilated um, so I don't think we're ready for that yet that's, that's reality uh, just brutal reality and do you think there's the same fear around the crank career or, and do you believe in this setup now um, brutally honest I don't think it's anywhere near the crank career no, and either. the setup it's way too early I think see I, I believe in the setup um, going forward, but I, I wouldn't say that it's it bore similarities to the Italk Rank era. I think that was incredibly special. I, I don't know whether we'll see that again, to be honest. I think bring back Italk because we keep chopping <laughs> and changing. We've had to. This has been forced upon us from um, injuries and so on. I think Karanka came in with that idea, and then after the sort of the first half of the season that he got, he bought he got the players in then who were to push on that four two three one, and we played that pretty much every single game. I can't think of a time where we where we didn't. I think when he played four four two when when, <laughs> when um, at Blackburn, at Blackburn and, the, and he yeah. said, "Oh well, since we've played four four two, now the fans can shut up." Yeah, like, exactly. So brilliant. Um, I, that's the only time. So I think the, the I guess the similarities is, is you know a slight feel good factor back. So that's where you can. Um, but I think that's where it, you kind of draw the line on it a bit. I think. Um, but I think we can be especially proud of the fact that you know under the current form, um, it's with players from the academy i think if this was just an average team and there was no no one with an affiliation to borough okay we'll be happy that we've turned a corner a bit but i think it was a little bit special because you know some of the players are not necessarily from the area but came through the academy and that you know it seems to be clicking a bit so yeah okay thank you very much guys that wraps things up um as always like share subscribe to the war breakdown podcast um give us five star rating on apple Podcasts as well help us get ranked but also allow us or bore fans to find us so that's pretty much it um middlesbrough back-to-back defeats but they can turn a corner once again and hopefully we can get some more results on the board but that's put everything up let's do it let's win on on tuesday up the border one support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for That's Craig it. Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 